I kind of wonder if this is the guy who did my LASIK. This was just a dude. Yeah, his wife was getting dude in the his wife is getting wig. crazy sounding procedures done. Cool, it's on her cataracts. Well, she had to get special items made from her blood. Whoa, which sounds like witchcraft. Whoa, what but is magic? That Science? sounds great. <laughs> honestly, uh, when Carol and Elsa were in the hospital, they had to uh, get her milk fortified, and so the way they do that is they send it to the NICU, who uh, and and they call it the milk lab. Oh, because okay. it's a it's like a bodily substance, so it has to be treated like it's hazmat shit. Oh, <laughs> sure. And uh, so from then on, I've been calling her the milk lab. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, thanks. Hi. Welcome to Categorical Oracle, the podcast where three librarians organize pop culture's junk drawer. I'm Mary, and with me are... Kelly. Mr. Andrew Crawford. (laughs) Sir Samuel Andrew Andrew Crawford. Crawford. Who still believes in keeping things very formal. That's a lie. That's a huge lie. (laughs) Are you Uh, a junior? mm -mm. No? Okay. No, my father doesn't have a middle name. Oh. Cool. Because he was the youngest of 11 kids, and I suspect they just probably gave up. (laughs) They're just like, like, "Uh, whatever. Fourth born on the 4th of July, Sam. Sam. Last name, we're figured out it out. Of, we've used all the names. Yeah, I mean, I, which is impressive. The impressive amount of names Sam to put patriotism. together. <laughs> Sam Eagle. Sam America Crawford. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, school's back. Summer summer is officially ending. This will mm. come out after Labor Day, right? Sure yes. will, yeah. yeah. No more white shoes. <laughs> no more white pants. No more carefree days. <laughs> Time to get back to work, oh. children. <laughs> time to start holing up slowly into your house as yeah. winter slowly creeps in mm-hmm. for another year. Time to buy all the Kleenex boxes and then push yourself into unair conditioned <laughs> schools <laughs> as we enter the second the second phase of do- the dog days summer because now we are <laughs> behind by a full month. So it's going to be 80 degrees. Congratulations, children. Sorry, kids. Bring in your Kleenex as extra credit points. <laughs> Bring in your Kleenex to mop your moist, sweaty brows. <laughs> uh, but I thought it'd be fun to do... Um, to talk about things that would be very uncomfortable to wear. <laughs> but to talk about in an unconditioned high school. To talk about important things for school. So, like, school supplies. The most important school supplies you have is your clothes, right? Like, going back to yeah. school. Gotta look fresh. At least the most fun cool. to buy. Except unless, unless you're a idea traffic keeper. Talking to a single teacher and being like, what's the most important school supply? And they're like, Clo-. you say, clothes. They're like, what about for a pencil? A, for a kid, yeah. it's important. Kelly, it's 2019. Don't use pencils anymore. Maybe. I don't know. Pretty did you thing. guys did you guys always meticulously plan your back to school outfit? No. No? No, I wouldn't well, it kind of depends. Context is important for that. Because um, as we get to one of the items on this list, <laughs> I did in that instance, but most of the time, <laughs> most of the time it was just sort of, um, I don't know, sort of, I remember being sort of a, I had an interesting, interesting relationship with clothing as a teenager because of course, like as a, as a gentleman growing up when I did, there weren't a lot of good options. History will not look back fondly upon that time. So, uh, and my parents, in hindsight, were quite wise about that <laughs> and tried to encourage me to wear things that were reasonable. I resisted. <laughs> I feel like that's the. So, that's, I resisted. I feel like that. Yeah. Nevertheless, nevertheless, you resisted. You resisted yeah. I feel like that's the, the like kind of like the summation of every teenager trying to assert themselves oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. with their clothing and having their parents be like, "I mean, no." So this list is throwback to school fashion, which was a uh, idea I had. Early one morning, and I chuckled to myself. <laughs> As so many categorical oracle topics um, begin, a gentle self chuckle. Right. So, we're going to go decade by decade and highlight some items that were popular for um, kids and teenagers. I can't believe you didn't do a 20, uh, 2010s. Well, we out. had to. We pick, don't know. We had. To, we don't know yet, really. And also, they're not. Prob- they're probably might be like too close. Hmm. But I started specifically <clears throat> with the 1950s because that's when the invention of a teenager was. That's yet. Yeah. We didn't prior really to have this. prior to this. There was not a, so much a thing. You were a child, teenager. then you were a youth, and then you were yeah. a youth, and then a lot of times you didn't make it past that. Yeah, and then you were right. just. Oh. And 50s fashion is fun. So we're starting with uh, 1952, and we're starting with the poodle skirt, which you might think to yourself. Come on. Surely this is a Halloween costume. No, people really did wear these. <laughs> they absolutely <laughs> did. It's kind of wild to think about. Yeah. Everything about it. So, once you dig into it, it's so 
Right. Fascinating. So it was actually created in uh, 1947 by this actress and singer of never really seemed to make it so much in either of those categories. Um, But you'll see. She left her mark. Named Julie Lynn Charlotte. She was 25. She was invited to a Christmas party and found herself in the classic situation of having nothing festive to wear and also did not really have great sewing skills and also only had felt. So <laughs> she basically was like, I'm going to make... Those issues we all have. You know, I'm like a, you know. She was basically like, I'm going to make a Christmas tree skirt, but wear it on my actual body. Mm-hmm. So she took... She made a big circle skirt so that she didn't have to have any seams, which basically means she like took a... <laughs> took a big piece of felt and then cut a waist into it and that's it <laughs> that's the dress yeah i'm not totally sure how these people put these on i assume over their heads I yeah would think i would so. think so and then a lot of the time they had like a cinched belt so i think it was sort of a looser situation yeah i mean like i'm sure for hers it was held on by a belt yeah i think later it probably had some like they were stretchy more... material in it well some of them had zippers Zips, too yeah but felt is the traditional material so comfortable. Yeah. A lot of them, yeah, elastic, things like that. Although elastic is not, I don't think, a thing yet. Probably not. Yeah. I don't think elastic's a thing till the 60s. Girdles. No. <sighs> I mean, yeah. So, um... You, you, you tuck it into your girdle. <laughs> just, just hook it into your girdle. Hook it right into right into your, uh, <laughs> your menstruation belt. Yeah. yeah. Just, Right around the edges. That was whoever invented Spanx. Like her reinvention of a girdle is. Really, the rematch rebranding. Yeah, the rebranding of a girdle. Um, but so this original uh, poodle skirt didn't have a poodle on it. It had various uh, whimsical Christmas. This is what she said. I added some whimsical Christmas motif appliques, and the recite the results were so attractive that I received many compliments at the party. So literally, she made a Christmas tree skirt. Huh. Which uh, I I find this particular bit so fascinating because I think because again I uh, yeah. I am deeply fascinated by the history of fashion, uh, particularly uh, just like as as a representation of like where we are in the world and what because like, again the perspective of a society at times often reflected in what people wear, and I think like talking about women's fashion, it's particularly fascinating because there's this trajectory starting in the early 20th century of basically people, people realizing that maybe women shouldn't have to wear like cages for all clothing. <laughs> and as silly as this skirt is, in so many ways, it is so legitimately revolutionary. And that you, that, you know, the idea of woman, it's kind of silly thing about how like goofy and like how like lo-fi this thing is, but it's, it, it really mean it's a big shift. It was a huge it's a part huge of change. It was a huge part of why it was so successful. Just why you so, yeah. not have to wear stockings. Yeah, it's an un, an unstructured piece of clothing. Yeah. yeah, like that's crazy historically speaking. So we didn't have tights then. Stockings, yeah. stylons, nylons. So she uh, it, she not only received so many compliments. A lot of people at the party ordered skirts from her. So she started fielding orders. And eventually started her own fashion company, which stayed in business till the 1980s. Damn. Wow. Making other things, obviously, but the first thing they made were poodle skirts. Mm-hmm. Um, so she initially designed a skirt that had three dachshunds on it. That's my favorite part of this whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> that all have three different personalities. The first dog is a flirty girl dachshund. The second dog is a snobby girl dachshund. And the third dog is a horny male dachshund <laughs> who wants to get with the flirty girl dachshund. However, the leashes are all tangled up, so the male dog is stuck next to the snobby girl. Ugh. And it happens to all of us. And uh, Charlotte saw that this, uh, this, these, these skirts could tell stories, and she wanted them to be conversation starters. So she made sure that the clothing stores that carried the skirt, everybody knew this story, so they could tell and be like, see, that's the flirty girl, and that's the snobby girl. And, nope, oh no, he's stuck next to her. Truly, this is this is like a the Finnegan's Wake of clothing. I, I just... <laughs> Can you go over it one more time? Yeah. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I just So there's three dogs. Three dogs. That's one. Yep. That's another one. Yep. And that's the third one? Yep. Got it. I Got also it. love I how so. tags weren't a thing then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just a tag with a little story on it. <laughs> right. As opposed right. to when I buy right. jeans now, which literally has like enough literature <laughs> to keep you <laughs> occupied <laughs> for 45 minutes. Absolutely. If you don't take it off the pants, you can read it in the toilet. Yeah. If you left your phone. <laughs> <laughs> so um, eventually... 
this and this skirt was wildly popular. She made one with poodles. It totally exploded. People loved it. Very popular with teen girls. And one of the reasons it was, that it was is because people could make these skirts by themselves, right? Mm-hmm. Like this person, like Julie, made a skirt and wore it out that day. You know, you could, it was a fast yeah. thing to do, and you could get. And the real work of it was figuring out what the app. Applique was going to be, which you buy. Well, which you buy. Well, actually, a lot of them made it. A lot of them would have like instructions on taking chenille and forming mm. little poodles and God. things like that. Oh, wow, um, I love. I put together a, a little collection of these um, skirts for you guys to see in a folder. Mm-hmm. Um, did you have any in- individual favorites? I did not see those. I see that? Oh my gosh! Let's let's have a raw reaction situation. What's happening with these skirts? I don't have um while while you look, yeah. I wanna let you know that in nineteen fifty three, <laughs> oh. designer Betty Maury I didn't loved, see any of these. Man, sorry. Loved big skirts, loved uh-huh. poodle skirts, and backgammon. So she combined her love and created a poodle skirt that had a backgammon board on it and a special decorative pocket that held game pieces. Holy <laughs> so shit. If, so if there was a boring moment at a party, she would just flop down on an ottoman and everyone could play backgammon. I would like to wow. talk. Wow. <laughs> I want to talk about that drunk mouse. <laughs> <laughs> there is a dra- Somebody is wearing a poodle skirt with a mouse that is in a martini. <laughs> it looks like... A th- oh, yeah. That mouse is... That mouse is hammered. That mouse is hammered, sloshed. There's also one with power lines on the back, apparently, and one with the Eiffel Tower. Oh, the power lines with the, the three-dimensional uh, rotary phone. Oh, my gosh. Do you see it's like poke oh popping off? Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, we'll be sharing these. Yeah. Oh, wow. It's so 50s. Like, in the best possible way. Uh, but, like, you know, 50s, I feel like, was the first time in modern fashion where it became fun to be a little weird. Yes. Yeah. Like, there's definitely parts of it in, like, past history, but, like, through, like, 20s, kind of, but, like, 30s, 40s, definitely were not, were not fun fashion times. Well, yeah. Well, you know, and this, yeah. and this is a particularly fun item because the entire point is to get wilder and wilder with the kinds of appliques yes. that you put on the skirt, and that's, like, that's that's the moment of inspiration. So, you make the skirt and, like... 15 minutes and then you spend hours you know carefully, carefully applying yep. a, a three-dimensional telephone <laughs> there's a, a, a pleaking a pleaking is the term I think? a three-dimensional yeah. telephone yeah. oh man that's wild. um so what what do you have for categories well i think for me i think um you touch on this uh, at the outset of the uh, when you were introducing the item but i think in my mind this is so firmly rooted in the idea of like Halloween costume, but particularly in horror movies and Halloween in the past. So I, I went with Halloween colon screen queen. Hmm. Right. Hmm. Um, I went I went a little weird with mine again, which is that I took on to the uh, the generational aspect of it. And so I went and found myself some a list of millennial words on uh, on Refinery Twenty Nine. Our words, <laughs> which yeah. is what I sent Mary. The words a of our people. The words of our people, which I have yeah. not heard many of. Uh, that is when I sent a picture, a little snippet of uh, my ad block on Refinery 29's website to Mary, and it was blocking three hundred and some items on the page. <laughs> Unbelievable! It was wild. Oh my god! Um, so that's amazing. My oh category god. is simply "suh," which is a combination of the word "sup" and "huh," making you sound confused and interested at the same time. <laughs> suh? suh, suh. Oh my god! Does it does not make you sound interested <laughs> or confused? It makes you sound dumb. Guys, are you excited for the day that we, as millennials, will get to come up with a list of? Slang terms for Generation Z that, that they don't use. Oh, like, man. They, like, oh, man. That's going to be a fun gig to be like fake words that were totally positive people younger than us actually use. Because I know this list was made by someone who is older than us. This yeah. brings to mind an article that I read when I was a kid by one Dave Barry. <laughs> David Barry. It's ghost in the machine of our recent series <laughs> of podcasts. Horrifying man who wrote a article about how all the kids are using the word spank. 
sure. to describe things that are cool and then trying to have a conversation with his own son who is a teenager about it. And he was like, well, how do you talk about things that are good if you don't use the word spank? And he says, we say th-. And this. And it was like, I don't know. I say it's good. Okay. <laughs> like, no. What are you talking about? I, even so even that explanation like made my head want to explode. Yeah. God that's one of the more, that's one of the more, um, acceptable things he's ever said. Yeah. Some of my favorite things on the list were just simply letters like <laughs> V for very. Yes. I use that one all the time. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. So, uh, but there were other ones too that I thought were really funny. Anywho, hmm. you'll hear more coming up. <laughs> I wonder if now since so much of our communication is written, hmm. like our slang must be changing because of be. that. Yeah. Versus like just like telephones like when we stopped writing letters to people and our main communication became phoning people up that must have changed how we talked oh i'm sure and our slang interesting someone someone with a pop culture uh phd you finally have something you can do with that (laughs) (laughs) you can write a thesis yeah you get on that for us um i love poodle skirts i actually have a poodle skirt that i thought about wearing today an ironic poodle skirt an unironic poodle skirt but it is it's 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 not made out of felt but it's a heavier winter material and Mm -hmm. back to previous discussion of the fact that it's quite warm yes still I didn't do it but um, I love poodle skirts I remember finding out what poodle skirts were when I was like I don't know five and being like sweet mystery of life unless I found you like just like so pleased and like how can something like, so beautiful my mind yes my so mouth. beautiful exist and my mother did make me a poodle skirt nice. which I wore usually on Halloween but sometimes no and it's just so great and I love it because it like kind of what we're getting around to where it's like it's a democrat like you could, it's a democratization of fashion because people can make it but yeah. also it's some democratization of crazy weird fashion oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's like over the top so I called this a TJ maximalist Easter. oh, oh yeah. yeah yeah I was going to give that one to you that's thank you that was beautiful. beautiful that's my best category by far this whole time good opener I mean yeah Please. All right, mo- moving swiftly along, the next Luke on our list is the baby doll mini dress from the mid '60s slash the early 20th century slash the '90s slash forever slash forever. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, yeah, definitely slash forever. So originally, this came into being as people moved from wearing court like classic whalebone corsets to bras, but it got its start. It used to be uh, PJs. This mm. woman, Sylvia Pedler. Um, cut her nightwear short um, in uh, like the 30s and 40s in response to uh, fabric shortages due to war. Mm-hmm. I like this little orphan Annie one. Sorry. Yeah. I've, I flipped ahead looking uh, at the red. The red. Yeah. And, yep. Um, and uh, and like so the term and that kind of like with like a so right if you're going to sleep yeah. you don't need a waistline right so it's just like kind of hangs down. It was like a yes. cute little nighty. And um, she hated the term baby doll, but that's what people called it. And then Hunter uh, uh, Tennessee Williams wrote a kind of Lolita-esque story entitled Baby Doll about, like, a nymphish child who wore this kind of nightgown and entered entered public vernacular. Um, In the 60s... This they became much shorter. So most of these usually kind of hit the knee. Yes. In the '60s, these became much shorter. Um, Mary Quaint was one of the the main um, British designers that made this a really big deal. This was part of like the mod um, British invasion. Yes. Uh, scene, and um, she would say, uh, "I would design my dresses very short, and I wore them very short, and the customers would just say shorter." Shorter, which is <laughs> I sort of a, which is sort of a creepy, yeah. a creepy idea. And they kind of made up for it, like the idea behind it. So I sent you guys that article mm-hmm. yeah. about how political this this way of dressing is. A lot of them point out that, like, right, like they are really short, and that is meant to titillate. But they also are like an immense amount of fabric around yes. the body, like. This is they were not form fitting at all. At like this time. what yeah. we call them now are swing dresses. Mm, like that's mm. what it is now. Yes. Yeah, I think again, like kind of touching on my point from the last item. Again, like this is a, it's fascinating to see the transition to women's fashion in line with ideas of women's liberation and yeah. the idea of embracing sexuality, which is something again the poodle score kind of kind of falls short on 
uh, obviously, <laughs> to some degree, depending on your, your your preferences, I guess, and personal uh, forms <laughs> of expression. Like yeah, but I think like this is this is the first item we've seen the list that is like, and obviously there was there were like sexy things before this, but and <clears throat> I might be giving this more historical context than we're talking about just the sixties, but I think like there is an element of like empowerment to this in historical context, which is interesting to see and in a way that's often overlooked to some extent, I, you know? I mean, all women's fashion is like that. I mean, yeah. we are constantly told, like, to this day, what we should and should not wear. Of course. Uh, Miriam, one of Miriam mine's favorite, Nicole Byer, likes to post anything that ever shows her midriff with so ba- so fat, so brave. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, our bodies are so policed and always have been mm-hmm. that fashion just ends up getting caught up in it. Yeah. No matter what you wear. <clears throat> you're just like, listen, I'm just wearing, like, I'm just trying to wear a t-shirt, man. Yeah. And yeah. they're like, but I can see your nipples. That's hot. It's like, never, but I'm just grocery shopping. It's a yeah. never, it's a never ending, like, there's no way to win. Yeah. And it's designed that way. Yeah. I mean, can you, like, could you imagine a woman at bloomers looking at a girl in a baby doll dress and being like, we are both foremothers in fashion. <laughs> Revolutionaries! <laughs> Women wearing swimsuits being like, we did it! Full body yeah. like velvet swimsuits being like, yes! Yes! I'm not wearing wool socks. Next to yeah. a fat girl wearing a bikini. Yeah. Which thank God yeah. we've, we've accepted now, so it's great. I know. Some yeah. people accept Yes. About we won't fully be equal until fat women can wear bikinis that fully show their stomach. Very true. But I'm not I'm not racing to be on the forefront of that. <laughs> That's fine. It's fine. Someone braver someone fatter and so braver fat, than so me. Braver than me. <laughs> yeah, so fat and so braver than me can can do that part. That's fine. Yes. That's fine. Mostly I would just be worried that it would like fly off my body. Yeah. But I mean fashion designers have the capability to make things. Oh yeah. That uh that fit properly. That fit properly. They just don't. They just don't. It's the same with pockets. Yes. Mm. Which is just like a ridiculous situation <laughs> at this point. Like, Jesus Christ. Uh, categories for baby doll dresses. I called this on fleek. Smooth. Nice. Sweet. Mm. <laughs> I also did this on how Refinery29 defined these as opposed to how I defined them. Oh. But nice. I would like nice. to put, nice. you're push like, that out. You're right like, I believe the uh, etymology of this word is uh, eyebrows. Eyebrows? <laughs> uh, I went with a rather simple category uh, because in speaking to the idea of this being sort of a surprisingly revolutionary garment uh, during the 60s, I went with flower empowerment. Ooh. Oh, that one's good. Um, I focused on the amount of fabric that it mm. took to make one of these, especially considering it was like originally supposed to be like, it's wall time, but we don't have any fabric, so now ladies have to wear something that doesn't touch their ankles. Like, and then now it's like, they're very short, but like, you're in like several yards yeah. of fabric kind of like flying around your body. Like, when you look at that picture of Goldie Hawn. Yeah. Like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> A lot of fabric. So I said, more like thunder whack it, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> Thunder jackets are whack. More fabric is back. Nice. Nice. I think Andrew gets it. Me too. I will take it. Thank you so much. All right. You're welcome. Woo! Get ready for this one. Oh, yeah. Jumps- Can you be ready for this one? I'm it's not. It's 1975, <laughs> and it's jumpsuits for men. I'm very sad you guys did not look at the pictures. I'm looking this. at them right oh, now, right. my friend. Um, and this. <laughs> oh, I, I looked at a few other options because I definitely shopped for and myself while, a little uh, bit. Full and while, oh, and my while, God, look at that guy's popped collar. And while teenagers... Oh, my God, they're dicks. Yep. <laughs> yep. Oh, man. And while teenagers did wear these to some degree, this was wow. more of an older gentleman's. This, oh, wow. Like the one with their dicks that you were supposed to oh, wear yeah. pants over that, right? You had to have. Oh, the, you mean... you mean? Yeah, yeah. that one. Oh, yeah. Oh, Which one? You oh, had to have wear no, pants with that. I don't, so. I don't think so, man. I think he just like. I think he just like let it fly. Yeah. Um, oh no! So I'm also calling this, is, this 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 is a category one for the dads or maybe your your creepy science teacher. <laughs> yeah, that's but oh man, I did not realize that the history of jumpsuits forty five dollars was so crazy. So obviously, jumpsuits started as workwear. Mm-hmm. So usually these were called boiler suits or coveralls. With the Industrial Revolution, people going to work needed something that they could put on over their clothes. Mm-hmm. 
that would protect them from sparks and oil and soot and grime and other things like that. But soon they had to make it sexy. <laughs> well, well, not not yet. So so then they had so then jumpsuits. These this was like where jumpsuits came from, and then um, they did kind of get a little bit sexy because people who had cool professions started wearing them, like pilots and race car drivers mm-hmm. yeah. and. Um, people who like leaped out of airplanes <laughs> admin not, not, and then admin were like I'm gonna wear this I'm a cool guy not to like derail things too much but I love that the central sentiment of the the, or, the origination for this is like to cover your actual clothing so like I know that not everyone in the 19th century wore like coat and tails the top hat but I like to imagine like someone going to a factory with like putting a jumpsuit on taking off being like fully refined ready to three go out for dinner suit, yeah. well, ready to go out to dinner that's pretty funny actually so oh. in the 1920s in Italy and Russia there were two separate totally unrelated to each other moves by anti-bourgeoisie um, revolutionaries mm-hmm. to make this the the costume of the common man Ooh. they had like this kind of futuristic vision that like normal people would wear these so like if you think about a lot of um it's like Soviet propaganda. There mm-hmm. are a lot of jumpsuits in that, too. Oh, yes. yeah, yeah. Right? So it's part of that. Unfortunately, like, when they when you make it fashion, the rich people want to wear it. So a lot of the rich people started wearing it, and they were like, wait, but this is like... This is like supposed to be for leftist intellectuals and normal people. Oh, this is telling no. you, so you should buy Thomas a, a jumpsuit. <laughs> totally. Um, but if you look back in like the 30s, you'll see like a lot of the Bauhaus people wear jumpsuits, and that's what that was from. Mm. It was kind of considered like an intellectual and like like common everyday man kind of wear, but it also became a little bit fancy. Mm. Um, there was also like a gender equality part of this, which still maintains for jumpsuits to this day. A lot of women wore a lot of women who fought in the Spanish Civil War wore jumpsuits. Okay. Um, so then, and of course, like Rosie the Riveter, that was yeah. like a the, you know like women wearing menswear. All that's fine. Another strange incarnation of the jumpsuit was called a siren suit. Okay. And this was a overall. These were literally coveralls that you would put over your like fancy clothes and the most famous one was worn by Winston Churchill during World War II <laughs> literally you would like pull this over and it was like a big pleated you can well there are pictures of him wearing one of these you'd put this on and then if like the sirens would go off for a bit of a bomb scare and then you would like <laughs> go to your basement so you wouldn't get your clothes dirty oh my I'm gonna google that right yep. now don't mind me <laughs> yep so but what are we talking about we're talking about the 70s so at the start of the 70s um Elvis Presley actually kind of made jumpsuits the big deal so and uh, no one's done it as well getting, since he was getting paunchier right <laughs> yeah he needed something that would hold him in and also like still be flashy and interesting to look like look at on stage but also not snag on equipment <laughs> <laughs> did you find a picture of Winston Churchill wearing his siren suit? Yes, I did. <laughs> so he found this designer who would who made all of his jumpsuits. All of his jumpsuits were made by the same person. And basically what would happen is they would, like, make, like, you know, they made, like, his white, like, the famous white spangly jumpsuit. Mm-hmm. And then he'd be like, I love it. I want it in eight colors. <laughs> That's and a very they, male way to shop for right? things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, except that there's also, like, there's a, I read this big thing where it was like, some of them had animals on the back. Mm-hmm. And the, you his demand, yeah. well, his demand for them and, like, needing them, like, it was like, you needed multiple iterations in different colors, but then he'd be like, but now I want another kind. So she talks about how, like, she made this one that was like a big phoenix and then had to figure out how to, like, fix it into something else. So she made like the phoenix body into a zebra face whoa interesting interesting stuff talented designer um so elvis did it that meant other uh, musicians would do it freddie mercury wears jumpsuits Mick Jagger wears jumpsuits david bowie this time wore jumpsuits yep and kind of like they and and each of those are for like sort of different reasons but it was like that mixture of future and past and like leftist politics is mostly why they wore Hmm. them um so, this is, so now jumpsuits are reaching their peak. It's the mid-70s. Um, and it basically became, like, synonymous with disco. Like, this is mm-hmm. all the same reasons that Elvis liked to wear jumpsuits. People who dance disco like to wear jumpsuits. Didn't Ex- snag. Well, right? <laughs> Except that now it, like, amped it up even more into this, like, wearer in a sexual light. That's where you get, yeah. like, all those cratches. <laughs> all those cratches, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is very unfair that men get to wear jumpsuits and it's so easy for them to pee that was actually my one major question for this so 
It has a fly in it. I mean, like, I, I does it? Well, it usually has a zipper that goes down below your dick, I so think. So you just zip from the top down to your tank. I mean, they top pretty much friend, Any lady you see who's wearing oh, a romper no, I, and I she know. needs to pee, I, she's getting fully nude in that stall. Me, I, or she pulls it to the side, but depending isn't it, on the style. Isn't yes. it hilarious to consider if we applied the same predicament to men, so they went to a bathroom, got fully nude, stood at a stood urinal, urinal. <laughs> with their jumpsuit hanging over their shoulders for keeping it off the floor. Have you ever seen a man do that before? Like, drop trow? Like, tush hanging out? Um, I, I mean, I... When I, think, I was a child, yeah. <laughs> like, kids did it or kids grown did, men? Kids, okay. kids did, just to be clear, yes. <laughs> children, other children uh, did that. <laughs> Not grown men were showing you their tushes. No, 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 no. <laughs> their tukas. But, uh, no, I've never seen Tushies. a fellow adult man... Fully drop trowel. I assume they like snake it out the the main zip. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I assume as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, this there's this great article that I read that was all about jumpsuits, about that like, and this is where I got a bunch of my information. But it ended on this amazing quote, which I would love to read to you. When you wear a jumpsuit, it signifies both the future and the past, right wing and left wing politics, war and peace, and of course, practicality. <laughs> Could we convince Donald Trump to put on a jumpsuit? And how it, funny would it be if we did? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, God. I think I might like him better in a jumpsuit. He if would look like him a, a jumpsuit, baby. He will f- fully be a dictator then. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. It kind of depends on the jumpsuit. I was imagining more like those ma- the man the man rompers that have, like, palm trees all over yes. them. And, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sharks, him, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, like, toddling around in one of those. <laughs> But yeah, no. If he like put on like a like a like Army a boiler green. suit, yeah. he would full. He would oh, look. Yeah. He would he look would, like a dictator. He would never. No. He needs his ugly suits. Yeah. yeah. Doesn't have a red tie that extends to mid knee. Oh man. Remember that <laughs> picture of him stacked. wearing a tux? <laughs> no, but oh, I thought it's horrible. It's imagine how bad you think it is. Now worse. imagine it's worse, and that his children all wear the tux the same way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This was when he went to go meet the British Ooh. royal family. Oh, yeah, God. they all had stupid tuxedos. On a lesser, less terrifying note, do you guys remember when Mitt Romney wore skinny jeans? <laughs> and, then the, and then, like that image was taken off of the internet somehow. Oh no! It's crazy. Google it's like, decided the world couldn't. Yeah, maybe that's was. why he had to get Thanksgiving dinner from Boston Market. He had spent all the money, money on scrubbing the internet pictures of him <laughs> and his skinny. Jeans. All that Heinz ketchup money. Oh, oh my god! Um, what are for categories for uh, for jumpsuits for men? I had it as sus, which is an abbreviation of suspect or suspicious, because men who wear them are sus. Oh, okay, all right. Mostly in the seventies. Dicks. <laughs> well, I suspect. Obvious. I suppose you just didn't make there. an eggplant emoji. <laughs> <laughs> Should have. The past would have. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know. I'm switching it. Eggplant emoji. Do it. That's Workshop. what it is. Done. Workshop. Done. Done. So I, I'm going to take. It a, works for the other one too. Nice. <laughs> nice. I'm going to see you guys in a brief musical interlude. <clears throat> Uh, with the the theme here for this, this is sort of a, a brief interpretation of the final line of a very iconic song, uh, really speaking to the idea of the cyclical nature of this item of clothing. Till we find its place in the thread unwinding, <laughs> it's the circle. <laughs> The circle of pants. <laughs> I love that category. Also, yeah. you're such a beautiful singer. Oh, I'm okay. That was beautiful. It, it would have been fine. so great if you brought out like one of those little harmonicas, like tuning <laughs> harmonicas. <laughs> oh, if only I had oh, one. You could insert it. You can fix it in post. <laughs> Put it in post. Um, I think I get what you're getting at, though. Like it's like this, like the. It's always there. It's like, always there. It's always there. there yep. some, it, it goes away. I mean, like. It, everyone always comments that fashion is cyclical. Of course it is. This is, you know, but we're now living in a time where I think like we've hit this weird sort of wall where like everything is kind of cyclical. Like we're recreating everything from the past and jumpsuits. Like I don't, I, I like a good bold men's fashion look. Jumpsuits don't do it for me. No, it's not I'm a, surprised. It, I know. I, you know, you know, it would help it out though. A belt. If you belt a jumpsuit, I think it'd look better, but this like sort of, I feel like it's, it's, there's an element of like, what if it was a big spangly belt, like Elvis? Even better. Yeah, but yeah Elvis that's had ideal. A belt. But like, Elvis had a belt. Uh, yeah, and he he looks great in jumpsuit. But I think like what's fascinating about it is like, yeah, it's it's it feels to me in this particular case like a joke that went too far. <laughs> like, yeah, but we can totally we can totally like wear jumpsuits again, and then it's like, yeah, well, we're we're doing it. Yeah, that wasn't it. I haven't so. seen 
jumpsuits for men yet in this iteration yeah. that I mean we've had the male rappers no- are not novelty yeah, but those are novelty those are novelty yeah, yeah. Give, it a, give it a little bit of time they'll come back they will so were men's mustaches when they came back <laughs> yeah and then they became deadly Very serious. serious yeah um, but I did something similar I think that these people are will. this is a willing fashion victim if you mm-hmm. wear a jumpsuit you know that in like 20 oh, years yeah. people are going to look back and make fun of you yeah because it's not, and in forty years they'll look back and be like, "Cool jumpsuit, yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly." Like it's very of its time. It's like there's just no way, there's no way to attach a top to a bottom in that way <laughs> without without it being a pretty bold look. And I would say for men and for women, yes, I would agree. Uh, like jumpsuits on women. Of course, there are some women who it looks very cute on. Most of us, it does not. Well, it's very hard to find something that fits your crotch and. Your yes. top half in this, like in our, yeah. like you would have to get it, it custom made. Like yeah. you'd have to go to yeah, Eshakti yeah, yeah. and get it made for mm-hmm. you. I'm kind mm-hmm. of surprised there isn't a place that just makes custom jumpsuits. There must there be. probably is, but yeah. I mean, like I have short little legs and a long torso. I would just have camel toe all day. See, I have the opposite. I have very short torso but very long legs. We should swap. Uh, we should take the pants off of yours and put them on mine. Perfect. There you go. Perfect. Done. We found a solution, guys. We, Done. Let's get your miter box out. Let's make it happen. <laughs> My favorite is that... Would you do long and long and short and short? Like, would Andrew get your short little legs and he'd give you your long legs? Yeah. yeah. I would get okay. Kelly's legs and she would get my top. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Right. And then uh, I do like that All the a lot of the images you gave all had his and hers jumpsuits. Magic jumpsuit. That's like one of the things I kind of think is cool about this. Also, democratization. They all cost exactly the same thing. Which mm-hmm. is actually pretty crazy. That is it's, the craziest yeah. thing. I think it's funny that jumpsuits, which I think are the most, like, especially for men, most maligned, joked about, look ridiculous, have, like, one of the cooler pasts, which is, like, being like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> like leftist, deep leftist politics in the 20s. <laughs> like, that's crazy. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Yeah. All right. Oh, oh yes, up. we got to pick one. It's a circle of pants. I mean, no, thank obviously. You, thank you. I mean, it has Mary to. was just like, I mean, it was obvious we all it knew it. Obvious. Moving on. The second it happened. All right. 1984. And we're talking about jellies. Mm-hmm. Jellies. Jellies. So this also has a checkered past. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so people think that jellies like came into existence probably in the early 60s when um, plastic was cheap. Yeah. Yeah, cheap enough that um, fashion designers started messing around with it a little bit. Um, But it roared onto the scene from one of two places. The first was uh, a man named Preston Hag Sr., who was (laughs) a Wall Street um, bank president who left to spend some time with his family, quote-unquote. I think he was muscled out. Um, so he, he quit Wall Street. He left. Um, and what did he do? He did what any normal person would do. He traveled to Brazil to find something to import. <laughs> and while he was there, he saw... Who among us wouldn't? He saw fashionable Brazilian ladies running around in these, like, you know, the jelly styles that are, like, kind of more like flats, like ballet yes. flats? They were wearing those. And he was like, ooh, this sounds great. And he tracked down this tiny little factory um, that made them. And he bought them. And started distributing them. And he introduced them at a World's Fair, which took place in Tennessee. And they took off. Gatlinburg? Um, I think it was in Memphis. Uh, Fine. 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 But then there was a guy named Bert Geller. Oh, no. Who was traveling around Greece (laughs) and noticed that Greek hotel workers were wearing um, plastic shoes that were like the the T-strap variety Mm -hmm. of jelly shoes. And he was like, oh, those seem like they'd be super cheap to make and I've never seen anything like it. So we're bringing those over around the same time. They're like a year apart uh, in the early 80s. So he brought them and then immediately sold his jelly shoes to to Saks Fifth Avenue and Macy's. They were sold for about $20 a pair, which is kind of expensive Yeah, yeah. Um, in 80s money. And um, basically he sold them with the idea that society ladies will buy, will buy these shoes um, and use them while gardening or washing their cars. Or traveling. Uh, <laughs> or traveling. Society and, ladies wear them while they wash their cars? <laughs> I, who knows? Yeah. Um, and they only came, his only came in two shades, which were cherry and smoke gray. Ooh. Uh, that's very yeah. 
Um, so these guys, but, 60 bucks, just by the way. Jesus. That's a lot of money. So, um, yeah, so both Hag and uh, Geller tried to make these expensive items, but of course, like... They're not that hard to make. No. So knockoffs immediately started flooding the market and knockoffs that could innovate faster, right? Yes. Let's put some glitter in there. Let's do a million different colors. You don't have to just wear cherry or smoke gray. You can have any color Con- you want. Any color yeah. we can not imagine. Not the colors your dad picked out. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> nope. Um, and basically, they, they like just saturated the market and the rest is history. Yep. Um, it's important for you guys to know that as a child, I basically... W- only wore jellies for the first five years of my life. <laughs> it's more if you know that I would have assumed that. No yeah, I was an adult. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I do own jellies now and like oh, yeah. them. Um, but it's a, it's a good look on you. Yeah, yeah I, I think they're fun shoes. Yeah. Another one of those things where I was like, I can't believe that anyone would wear shoes that aren't sparkly and crazy and plastic. <laughs> and ge- plastic. <laughs> so you wore jellies, yes. but only infrequently. What color were your jellies? I can't even remember if I'm very honest. Um, Knowing me now, I would say probably like a pinkish color or a yellow. Mm-hmm. But I remember having a pair. I just can't remember color. Yeah. I had like a million. You're like, I have every color. What would I you had, like story? I had you? every <laughs> color. I had every color to match my caboodle. <laughs> my caboodle. <laughs> I had every color. Um, but I remember distinctly like getting signed up for like junior peewee basketball and realizing that I didn't know how to tie my shoes. <laughs> oh, no. Because I... All my, shoes, all my shoes had or snaps buckles. or buckles. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so Having cute. to learn how to tie my shoes. Which I think is pretty normal. Like, when do you yeah, learn yeah, how to tie yeah. your shoes? Like, you're five, right? Kindergarten, yeah. 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 Right before. For your, my parents went to make sure Four. I was ready. There you go. Ready. Ready to go. Yeah. So it wasn't, like, crazy. <laughs> but I remember being like, I've never been presented. Like, because I think a <laughs> lot of people what is present this? their shoe to their parents to tie. That was not a thing for me. I was always ready to go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you were like, let's go, Anne. <laughs> yeah. Anne? Let's hit it. Let's go. <laughs> Tom, I'm ready to go to the Chinese buffet. Yeah. My shoes are on. I'm sitting I in got your my lo- little purse. I'm sitting in your Lexus. Let's go. <laughs> Without a car seat. Yeah, to fly no around. Booster just seats. flying around loose in the back of your Lexus. Let's go. <laughs> <sighs> what kind of categories we got? If I may lead again. <clears throat> Till we find its place in the thread unwinding, it's the circle, the circle of pants or shoes in this case, or feet, feet. accessories. Very nice. That's it, yeah. Very nice. Um, I did a a TJ Maximalista. Such a good category. I called them on fleek because they were on your feet. I kind of like on, on feet. feet. I like on fleek. Fleek feet. Fleek, fleek feet. I like fleek feet. Oh, Let me oh, give yeah. it to you. Mm? Yes. Sure. All right. It's oh, time to talk about Andrew. Getting, now we're getting uh, really you know, you into it. You guys had a lot of fun talking about jelly shoes. Let's this get is, into my this life. This, I feel like, yeah. is where like you can definitely tell the next two from the <laughs> '90s and the uh, mid aughties You're like. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. So these are Jinko jeans. (laughs) And the year is 1997. Oh, yeah, it is. When you'll be happy to know Jinko jeans were so popular that a tenth of PacSun's business was selling Jinko jeans. I believe that. Stop (laughs) yourself. That's too much to know. Wait till Andrew gets to this picture. Oh, God. Hold on. So. Um, a little quiz. Oh, God. A little quiz. Got it. Guys, what does Jinko stand for? No idea. I assumed jeans company. Okay. Yes. That's what it originally stood for. But then they were like, not hardcore enough. So then they decided it stood for Journey of the Chosen Ones. Oh, God damn it. Come and on. then, and now what they, now what they've established it as is Judge None Choose One. <coughs> what? Yep. How do you do that unless you're making judgments on things? So this was an L.A. company um, founded <laughs> by questions. two Frenchmen, Frenchmen? Um, wow. who wanted to um, disrupt just... the the jean market um, with a unique, quote-unquote, street look <laughs> yeah. by creating ultra-wide jeans um, 
<laughs> the at the most fifty inches in diameter. What? That's insane. And they would like to point out the article I pro- you could about that. put another human in those jeans. Yeah, do well, of those jeans. They pointed out that the waist size at that time only went up to forty-seven inches. So oh, a mere forty-seven inches. You could inches. pass. You yeah. could pass a whole human being through one of these legs. What's jeans. amazing, just for context on that, these pants, the legs of these pants, are one and a half times the width of my waistline on my jeans right Listen, now. Listen, you can take these jeans and you could easily smug a few toddlers into the movies. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Like, the toddlers would have to have good coordination. But you could get them in. <laughs> smug. Is that, is that another word from one from your list, Kelly? No, that's so good. A smuggle. S- I, smugged some, I smugged a sandwich into the theater. I just got very excited by the idea. You could smuggle them in. Smugging a toddler. Smugging a toddler. Um, when asked for the, don't make fun calves. of my words. Oh no, me. I'm embracing it. No, 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 it. I love it. It's I very just funny. like the, the, the Todd's grabbing your grabbing your calves. Hold on for dear life. So Fortune magazine um, interviewed <laughs> uh, a one Tam Miller, who was at the time the vice president of sales and marketing for Jinkos, <laughs> and asked him what this what what was the secret of their success. Um, and he said, "We pay very close attention to every like you saying that they you get way up into the youth market and you like interface directly with your client." He says, "We pay very close attention to everything they say. They say in my neighborhood there's a skating ramp and I go there and I bring samples all the time. And when I go home, all the kids run around and ask what's new. The other um, and then they talked about how this thirty year old wearing Jinko jeans and baseball oh, hats. Oh my god, would go." to like venues like rock shows and things and basically like preach to the children about like jeans and what was cool and he would bring samples with him and invite the children to trade their pants they were wearing for this and like just drop trow and then like put on Jinko's jeans wow <laughs> Is, this wow. was only a men's brand correct? correct thank you um, but women <laughs> just- warm too Women wore them, too. Um, they were just wearing men's jeans. Men's jeans, yeah. Radical. Um, in, uh, I just, did, did you get a size zero jeans that, like, you could literally pass your entire body plus your friend's body through? I think this was like a poodle skirt situation where a lot of it was the belt. The belt really did yeah. a lot mm. of the heavy lifting Yes, here. it did. Um, in that same article, Fortune Magazine declared, if you can't pronounce Jinko, you're hopelessly out of touch. <laughs> Jeez! <laughs> but you know who didn't Man. agree... Orange County Public Schools, <laughs> who banned Twist. the wide-legged jeans, yeah. and administrators uh, said that they were doing it because they were fearful of students tripping over their pants um, and using the extra, quote-unquote, yardage to hide weapons. But students immediately cut through all that and were like, they think it's a gang affiliation thing. And this is, which I agree with. Probably. I do remember, this was, I think it was in Bowling for Columbine, where they show, like, all the places where somebody could hide guns, and it's a kid wearing Jinko jeans, and he does full, pull a full shotgun out of his pants. Oh, they so, were yeah, you they were, definitely yeah. hide a few weapons in Did there. you know that Jinko's jeans are making a... a Resurgence. God well, damn it, no. A Chinese, so they and, almost went Andrew's out. Andrew's like, yes. Ne- never they, again. They almost <laughs> went out once. of business, and a Chinese Ugh. company swooped in and bought them for seven figures. God. Well, and now, I don't, I don't and they're making more normal that. pants now, but they okay. do have a heritage collection, quote unquote, which are the which are the big pants. I just, I feel like the, I, mm. I, I think Jinko jeans are the reason that skinny jeans friend became a thing because we were just like we, we swung too far we, 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 we need boot to pull back boot cuts came in the bi- in between yeah boot yeah. cuts were never like the in between but even then like to they were still sure. pretty snug I think like, we're kind of at the point where you cannot pry literally skinny jeans off of women's legs they will never stop wearing them no, ever it'll happen eventually they keep trying to bring back boot cut jeans and all of us are just like no 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 yeah. No, but it took a long time. Like skinny jeans started being popular when I was in high school, and yeah. I remember people mm-hmm. being like, "Never yeah. in a million no. years." Oh, I remember that the uh, the Audrey he- Audrey Hepburn uh, Gap jeans ad. Yep. She was wearing like tight black pants. You're like, "Whoa, what's this nonsense?" Yep. yep. Um, so it can kind of take. I think the jeans actually move. Like either you have something explosive like Jinko's jeans, <laughs> which immediately sweep, but but are still like you know not everybody wore Jinko's jeans. No. 
Like it was some it was saying something about like your taste in music and like your general style if you did it. Or if you your desire to seem cooler than you actually So Andrew, were. you owned a pair of Jenko's jeans. I did, a one singular pair. So I again I think I mentioned this earlier, my my parents were always trying to fight the good fight and keep me from embarrassing myself, I feel like. I resisted firmly, particularly <laughs> when I was in, I believe this must have been middle school, uh, eighth grade, probably seventh or eighth grade. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was not a particularly popular child, I was a bit dorky, you know, I didn't really have a good social standing necessarily. And I got into my braid. The reason this was the case is that I was wearing these dork ass cheap pants and needed to get some full some on Jinkos. Jinko jeans. You need to slap it. You need to go to PacSun and buy some Jinko jeans. Are PacSun still things? I think they still are. I think they still but... are. Go to Gadzooks. <laughs> oh, I think I actually went and to get some Jinko jeans. The buckle? The buckle! That's definitely still a thing. Yeah. Um, so I got these pants for Christmas as like my main Christmas present. <laughs> Oh, no. I wore these pants to school once, if I recall correctly. And people were, no one like, no one was like mean to me about it. Nobody people pointed just, and laughed. People were just vocally perplexed. They were like, like, what are you, what's what this about? is he doing Aww. in those jeans? Aww. And so I think I, I wore like sort of baggier jeans because this was the style of the time. Um but never again did I wear my whatever like forty something inch. I think they. I don't think they got the full size. I think my mom was too, too savvy for that and was like thirty eight inches only, or something like that. Um, but they, those, those <laughs> probably pants, like you're not allowed to wear pants bigger than your waist. No, exactly. Though no. I do believe those would go on to become my first pair of cutoff jeans, which is a theme that's recurred throughout my adult life. You made them into shorts. I did. Whoa. Which was a much more tolerable look because shorts were baggier than two. And baggier shirts, shorts were more popular. I'm trying to imagine. Okay, yeah, I I, I got it. Like back and back so, when like yeah. men's shorts were just like like basically baggy capri pants. Were these yeah. these were a light color? I'm assuming these were light color with a uh, taxi checker on the side. That's actually sound okay. They were as Jinko jeans go. They were fairly reasonable. I think there was also like a built-in. They came with like a wallet chain or like a chain. That of course was not they did. Of course they did. Yes. For your wallet, which is integral to the jeans. Uh, oh wow! Wait, my... how did you negotiate that when you made it into shorts? Uh, I think they stayed because okay. this was still like the late '90s, early '80s, and that was still like a thing you could do. Like wallet, pop punk was still a thing. Wallet chains, wallet chains, wallet chains. Yeah, I never chained a wallet to it, but it was definitely like there. It's really oh, the good anti, for you. Yeah, what a dumb idea. The anti jumpsuit, and that you would definitely get snagged on like a lot of shit <laughs> if you were wearing Jinko jeans or Jinko jean shorts. My biggest memory of somebody wearing Jinko jeans is a. A very nice boy who I went to high school with, who we all called Mega Goth. <laughs> he was okay with it and knew we all called him Mega Goth. So that's why I'm very okay with saying it publicly. And he wore black Jinko jeans Oof. every day. Yeah, I'm sure he did. <laughs> For like years. My first like big crush from like late middle school, early high school was a guy who wore a lot of Jinko jeans. Yeah. It was perfectly acceptable. It was the thing to do. What, what I find really fascinating about Jinko jeans is that, you know, historically, looking to the, the latter half of the 20th century in terms of men's fashion, particularly going back to jumpsuits, there was an emphasis always on, like, it, most men's lower body garments try to show off your package a little bit. Historically, because that that's that's what looks sexy. That's how you that's how you advertise, right? But then we have jinkos, which are literally make it look like you might not even have a general because <laughs> there's no super tight on your crotch, but really <laughs> oh around your like sort of like if you attached <laughs> if you attached like jinko jean pants to like to a pair of Daisy Dukes. <laughs> <laughs> just like flared out the biggest flare in the world oh, oh my god oh my god like they'd have to be elastically banded right below like mm-hmm. right below your crotch mm-hmm. area mm-hmm. and then they would expand out mm-hmm. that's that's mm-hmm. a look yep. mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. would be a look I kind of don't remember that aspect of Jinko jeans like the fact that they're did they do they have enormous flies I believe so I think so like, yeah. as long as your forearm thigh Something flies. like that. Like, they were weights. Hold on, I'm going to go look at they, the they, shirtless they... boy that you sent a picture of us to. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh his, his front is not front forward-facing. Mm. Because uh, a lot of times they oh, want to show... Oh, man, these sh- are cord jinkos. Because oh. mm. a lot of times they want to show you the back pocket, because that was a huge thing. Oh, like, yeah. Like mm. poodle skirts, mm-hmm. 
They always had an I, applique. I remember. Yeah, they were. I also remember those pockets being functionally useless because they were so big. They like have, you couldn't reach all the way down into those pockets. They have truly enormous flies. They do. Yeah. I'm looking at pictures now. I just find it funny that like there's this thing that like basically because I mean really like that's it's not that oftentimes men's clothing is not about showing off your package but like it's rarely ever so aggressively against it <laughs> I guess as Jinko jeans do were. you think that they needed I forgot about the back pockets the really back mm-hmm. pockets the are... back pockets that like stretch down below your knee pit <laughs> are really dumb did you need do you think you needed a that's why you needed chain? the wall to fish it out yeah. I think that's what that was a missing step for me is like not actually having the chain as I always like but then, but again this wasn't a problem in my childhood but could never get pickpocketed probably it'd be really hard to get your pocket picked. <laughs> you had somebody really yeah. digging around in there how big were the front pockets I remember them being also particularly like, massive I remember so all you of could them. have put your your <laughs> yeah your you... wallet in your front pocket because nobody would have known exactly I also remember like all men's jeans at that time having like outlandish pockets this is when the cargo pocket became a thing too don't mm. forget so I remember at this time women's jeans didn't have pockets because they never have they, yeah but mm-hmm. yeah my I jeans mean, that I'm wearing right now don't fit my cell phone in them. The front and pockets don't? No. If you wedge it, you can get it in there. Mm-hmm. In a world where like we have big phones now, too, like that's that's absurd. It's not like you wouldn't have the room for it in the pants. I could put it in my butt pocket, but then I might sit on it. I always just stick with the butt pocket. I, do I don't actually want my pocket, my phone in my front pocket, usually, but... The option would be nice. They, they, they mess up the lines yeah. in my pants, I think. I, I mean, like, I like to get the radiation as close to my uterus <laughs> as possible so that I like to, like, really put it right in there. Mm, yeah. yeah. Chico Cheese, what kind of calories we got? This is very suh. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Suh. If you saw a man in Chico Jeans, you would run the fuck away. You, well, you no, should. not sus. It's suh. It's up and huh. Uh, you're saying, uh, hey, but you're interested. Huh? Suh? Uh, suh? Uh, I called it for this, obviously, more like Thunder Wacket. Am I right? Nice. I, uh, because of my own personal history with these, went with Monster in my closet. Oh, that's yeah. it. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Like, Mary and I were so charmed by that. Oh. By my sad little story of me Oof. being unpopular and wearing Jinko jeans. Yeah. Nobody so, is popular in high school. That's my that's my ner- yeah, <laughs> words yeah, yeah. to everybody. Nobody is popular. Well, this was middle school, so nobody's popular yeah. then. Either. Even worse, worse. even yeah. worse. Yeah. So you might think to yourself, "Well, that's the low point of this <laughs> list," but you're wrong. Oh, Nothing yeah. more could. You're wrong because next up we have Ed Hardy clothing. <sighs> Do you guys know how tragic it is that Ed Hardy clothing had such a rise and a fall, and why that happened? Tell me the story, yes. please. So, of course, Don Ed Hardy is a tattoo artist. Don He's Ed. Don Ed Hardy. Ed is right. his middle name. Yeah, Andrew. Sorry, Do you not just... understand that? Ah. <laughs> I would think that you of all people would understand that. Sorry. Andrew Samuel. Samuel. Oh, sh- 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 my secret Sam situation. <laughs> secret summer of Sam. <laughs> oh, gosh. Secret son of Sam. Um, well, public son of Sam. My, my dad's Sam objectively. You know, uh, that my last job, that was my nickname, and I did mm. not care for it. Oh, sorry. It's Sandra? Okay. Sandra, because that's my email address. Oh, I was... Because it was already said... an Andrew. Sam Drew. Just by Sam Drew. Mm. Um, I just want to point that out, that I was I a little it. bit clever. I, I, I did. I, it's I, a good I, portmanteau. Yeah, I appreciate um, it. So I guess we don't have to feel that sorry for So he was a guy, he was respected, people liked him. He actually still like has step, retired from tattooing. Step one, that's weird. That's not expected. <laughs> yeah, but um, but like is a, uh, considered a, uh, res- like a respectable teacher at, mm. many, at a tattoo institution in LA yeah. to this day. Hmm. Um, but in the early 2000s, he made the horrible mistake <laughs> of starting to license some of his artwork to other people to put on things. Um, and it exploded, like his line of clothing was was hugely popular. And within two years, um, he had, <laughs> at the height of it, had 70 sub-licensees. Oof. For his brand. That is so many. That's why it seemed like it was everywhere, huh? Yes. Huh. So, and of course, these things were very diverse. They made clothing. They made accessories. They made lighters. They made perfume. They made hairstyling tools. They made condoms. They made everything. And Ed Hardy. Ed Hardy condoms? What <laughs> if you were about to oh fuck a guy God. and an Ed Hardy... He pulled out an Ed Hardy He was like, I'm saving this for a special occasion. And he'd oh, be my like, God. Oh, First of all, it'd be very expired at Where... this point. Where... How I mean, like it would be gem studded for her pleasure. What assumes if you think that I'm not looking to see if there's one available on eBay right at this very moment? <laughs> you are wrong. Report back. Yeah. 
Um, so the most famous of these licensees was Christian Odiger, who was behind the <laughs> Von Dutch brand for a very long time. Remember Von Dutch hats? I sure do. Yeah. Um, and when I was searching for it, this came up. <laughs> Is that weird? How do you no. feel about that? Don't Whoa. like that. <laughs> so, like, uh, like there are some things man should never see. So it's Odiger- a sexual thickening in large condoms, spike-shaped <laughs> condom, adult aid, thorn condoms, male. That, those are a lot of words put together that don't make a lot of sense <laughs> so until sorry. you see it. But yeah. So oh. Odiger was interested in Ed Hardy's um, merchandise and didn't want to compete with all these other people. So he bought the worldwide rights to all of his work outright in 2005. And just like Von Dutch, he just started to mark, market uh, Ed Hardy directly to celebrity clients. And so this guy's like in his 50s, too. So he kind of was a little bit indiscriminate about how it would go down. Right. And this worked for a really long time. So the the he drove the brand to peak at um, 700 million gross revenue in 2009. Um, but then it collapsed quickly in 2010 um, with like all of these specialty stores that had popped up suddenly closing. Nobody wanted Ed Hardy stuff anymore. And Ed Hardy explains this specifically on um, the marketing decisions Odiger made, as well as um, Odiger becoming friends with um, John Gosling of John and Kate Plus Eight, <laughs> and then post divorce, supplying John with a ton of Ed Hardy stuff, which oh, he wore man. all the time. <laughs> all a, the this time. is your consolation prize for your divorce a oh, shitload of wow. Ed Hardy clothing. Make me famous. Go make yep. me some money, John. So Odiger is now dead. R.I.P. Of shame. <laughs> um, and Ed Hardy has managed to regain control of his entire brand as of 2010 and is basically like pared it down to the bare minimum and is just like kind of allowing it to die. Good. Yeah. I know at one point they were paying uh, Jersey Shore to stop wearing their stuff. Yeah, oh no, it was God. like a big problem. Like yeah. all of these, it was just indiscriminate. Like they didn't care. I mean, like when Paris Hilton and stuff like that was wearing it and she was hot, it didn't matter. But do you like this vintage picture of uh, Kim Kardashian before she was very famous wearing Ed Hardy? Them. Oh my gosh. I didn't even notice. I'm so Oh, because other. it's her old face. Yep. That's when she was friends with Paris, right? Yeah. So oh, probably this man. was a shirt that like uh, friends with Paris, you mean organizing Paris's closet. Yes. Correct. Correct. Whoa. Did you find her? No, I was still stuck oh. on the uh You're the still on this fake Hogan, Jinko jeans. Jinko jeans. Yeah. But if you get to like this blue you can kind of see them in most of them. Wow. So Christian started to put his Whoa. name on the stuff too. It was Ed Hardy. By Christian Odiger, which is wild. Like that's very ugly. Yeah, it's horrible. Like I kind of, this is not like having this tattoo on my body is not my cup of tea. Sure, but I can see how people like his art. Can you imagine getting a tattoo oh, from man. Ed Hardy, who was respected oh. and like that would be like a tattoo that you probably didn't get to pick. Yes, oh, yeah. you, you waited. You for that. waited yeah. to have this guy tattoo you. He decided as an artiste, yes. what was going to go on your body. You're so excited, and then and you paid him so much money. Yeah, and then post divorce, John Goslin is wearing your tattoo. Your tattoo on a T-shirt. Oh, it's so wild. Or a condom that he didn't use. <laughs> By well, the way, you can, uh, some research that has popped up is you can get condoms that have, like, tattoos on them. <laughs> it's like those fake sleeves. Mean? Yeah. It's like oh, a fake sleeve. But for your penis. That's dick. very dumb. Oh, wow. Is it very dumb or is it kind of fun? <laughs> I kind of can't on your decide. Yeah. I don't know. I can, mean, can it would, be you, would, it, would it appeal to you? I think it would be very funny if you brought someone home with you. <laughs> And they were like, oh, babe, do you have a condom? And you pulled out these. And you were like, these are my only condoms. These are only ever my only condoms. Like, I only buy this. I do think that would be very I funny. I special order these. <laughs> How much are they? They're not, I'm not more expensive than regular condoms. 15 bucks. All right. All right. I don't know. You're a single switched on lady. You do you. Buy a bunch of weird tattoo condoms. <laughs> See what people think of that. See how it goes. See how it goes. Maybe report back, but it's also your personal life. Um, so this is my only one-off. Oh no, no, this is my second one-off category uh, for this, which is 
also a song. If you, I don't know what's going on there, but some synergy. And it's like a rhinestone cow yeah. <laughs> 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 It looks like shit. Yeah. Oh my god. Sure yeah, they always look so bad. That's a, that's that's amazing. Beautiful. Thank you. I uh, I I went with the symmetrical approach here. My first category on this list was Halloween Scream Queen. This is Halloween colon. It was him all along. <laughs> He's the murderer. <laughs> He's the murderer. Because because I mean. Yeah. Yeah. You, are you saying that you think Ed Ed Hardy? No, is no. The I think if you were have a scary movie and there's a gentleman wearing Ed Hardy. Mm. Oh, it's him. He's the murderer. Yeah. It's him. Uh, mine is eggplant emoji. <laughs> Fair. Fair. Oh, all these are pretty good. Fair. Um, Fair. Hmm. I mean, guys, it's me. Yeah. You guys, me. I don't know how to break this to you. It's, yeah, it's, it's me. Yep, yep, yep. I won that one. That's yeah. fair. That's fair. <laughs> But I was very funny too, right? Very funny. Thank oh, you. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Everyone was very funny. That's Guys, the whole point of the show. Um, we did it. That's the end of our list. Boom! Yay! Ooh, Hope yeah. you feel prepared to go back to school looking fly, looking fresh, looking fleek. Sir. <laughs> Jinko jeans Jinko on jeans. fleek. Yes. Sir. Sir. Fleek. Sus. Uh, Different. Sir and sus. Sir. Sus. Well, guys, thanks, as always, for tuning in to the show. Um, please follow us on your pla- uh, podcast platform of choice, be that Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcast, really whatever. We're not picky. Just give us a listen and tell your friends and family. And also, if you're there and you have the opportunity, throw down a rating, maybe even a review. Don't take that much time, and we really appreciate it. So, Give us think- affirmation. <laughs> yeah, give us collectively the affirmation, your affirmation. It didn't cost you anything. So once again, thank you so much. We will see you next time. Bye. Outrageous.